You know, none of us realized on the day we trusted Christ what the future would hold. And uh, it has been beyond my imagination. Welcome to this edition of First Person. I'm Wayne Shepherd, and our guest is Bob Tede, a man dedicated to assist in the training of the next generation of Christian leaders. We'll learn more about great leaders asking great questions and get started in just a moment. Join us online at firstpersoninterview.com where you'll discover an archive of past interviews which you can stream and listen to at any time. Or if you prefer to take First Person on the go with you in the car or as you travel, you can download our podcast from iTunes. But perhaps the easiest way to listen each week is by using your smartphone and downloading our free app. Look for First Person Interview in both the Apple and Google Play stores. We also have a Facebook page where you can follow us. It's facebook.com slash firstpersoninterview. And you can read the comments of other listeners and leave your own comments anytime. I've known this week's guest for many years. Bob Titi has been with Crew, the ministry founded by Dr. Bill Bright, for well over 40 years and now serves on the U.S. Ministry Leadership Development Team, helping to develop the next generation of crew leaders. Bob tells us his story now. Well, Wayne, I grew up on a farm in South Dakota. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and when I graduated from high school, I headed to the University of South Dakota in Vermilion, South Dakota. And there I joined a fraternity, the ATOs. World famous uh, university, right? World famous. (laughs) The the Harvard of the Midwest. (laughs) Um, But one night, well, I should back up to say on Monday nights, we frequently had uh, special guest speakers in to speak to us after dinner. And uh, while I was a freshman there, the governor of South Dakota was a former ATO. And I remember him flying in on the state plane to speak just to the ATOs after dinner on a Monday night. Well, one particular Monday night, we came down to dinner, and uh, there was a bunch of fraternity men from Iowa State, and uh, they went in to have dinner with us. And at the beginning of dinner, our president uh, introduced them and said that they were all involved with the student movement at Iowa State, Ames, Iowa called Campus Crusade for Christ, Uh and that uh, he had invited them to be our special uh, dinner speakers that evening. So when dinner was done, we all went into the living room. And I still remember it clearly. The first three uh, of these fraternity men shared how they'd come to know Jesus Christ at Iowa State. Wayne, I had never heard anyone in my life my age share about coming to know Christ in a personal way. Hmm. And the last guy who spoke shared the four spiritual laws. That was my first time of ever. Of course he hear, did. <laughs> of course he did, to share the four spiritual laws. And, uh, and he ended with sharing the two circles, which circle represents your life, which circle would you like to have represent your life. And, and then if, if you wanted the one with Christ on, he shared a prayer. And I did not pray with him at that time, but later that night, I remembered praying and asking Jesus Christ to come into my life. Wow. And that was my freshman year, uh, October 1967. How exciting. Yeah. And so Campus Crusade, now crew, was there at the beginning for you and has been all these years. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and Wayne, I know you're in the Chicago area. A couple months after I invited Christ into my uh, heart, I heard that Campus Crusade for Christ was hosting the Big Ten Christmas Conference in Chicago. <laughs> and I took my first plane ride ever from Sioux Falls, South Dakota to Chicago, and then a bus to downtown Chicago to the downtown Chicago Sheridan. I mm -hmm. think it's been torn down and replaced by something else. Probably two or three times, yeah. <laughs> two or three times. And... Uh, it was an incredible conference. God really used that conference to follow me up. So you felt called to staff then? Well, Wayne, let me share that story. The, the last day of the conference, December 31st, 1967, um, do you by any chance recall what that date is famous for? 1967, 30... well, probably a snowstorm. No. No? The famous ice ball. Dallas Cowboys versus oh, Green Bay. Okay, I knew it had something to do with weather. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it did. That game was played in Green Bay and was the Ice Bowl, sure. Yeah, 20 below zero, something like that. And I remember watching that game uh, on a black and white TV. And I still remember Bart Starr, quarterback, <laughs> sneaking uh, uh, behind Jerry Kramer to win that game. <laughs> and now I am a Cowboys fan, and I cringe when I see the same play. <laughs> but that night, being December 31st, was the final banquet for the conference. And we uh, actually stayed up and prayed in the new year. But one of the speakers that night said something like, many of you come from campuses where we have no staff. And that was true of the University of South Dakota. And he said, we wish we had staff to send to all your campuses, but we don't. But if you'd be willing to be used by God to lead the movement on your campus, I'd like you to stand. Well, Wayne, I remember standing. I, I look back and smile. That young man who stood that night had no abilities, <laughs> no experience, was, was so young in the Lord. And no idea what you're getting into. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But I actually look back and say, while that was kind of the first step of God's calling in my life, uh, taking a stand that night has led to all the remaining right. steps. Well, I wish we could cover each step here, Bob. We're going to have to skip a lot, but let me, sure. let me fast forward to when I met you, and that's when you worked with Josh McDowell, and uh, you, were, you were really number two guy there, weren't you? It was, it was fun. We spent eight years in campus ministry, and then the national director of crew played matchmaker and got Josh McDowell and I together. <laughs> you know, in Navy terms, on, on every uh, ship, there's a captain. Well, Josh was the captain. Yeah. But the second in command is the executive officer. Uh-huh. And... Uh, you know, in Navy terms, the captain's job is to look outside the ship, and that was Josh. Of course, you worked <laughs> with him, too. But the visionary leader, always yep. looking to see where where are the possibilities. Yeah. But somebody else has got to come along and uh, put everything together. Well, the executive officer's focus is in the ship, making sure that it's ship shape, uh, things are cleaned, weapons are maintained, uh, everything is ready inside. And uh, so it was, for 24 years, Wayne, uh, it was a privilege to work side by side. And with we Josh. actually got to do some radio, you and I and Josh oh, and goodness. some others, Jay Payleitner and others. Wayne, that was such a significant part of what God did at the Josh McDowell ministry. You know, just to take you back, and you, you probably remember this, our very first radio taping was in November 
1990. How do you remember that? Well, it's it's because we launched our first radio program ever, Josh McDowell Radio, launched on January 6, 1991. Okay. And uh, you and I and Josh and, and Jay and several others, we were in the kitchen of Josh's uh, Julian office, and he and Dwayne Zook had just gotten back from Russia. Well, we were all curious, standing in the kitchen that morning, we began to say, well, Josh, tell us yeah, about the trip. That was, and he that was an unusual to, trip in those oh, days. Oh, my goodness. He began to share about that trip. And about 45 minutes into it, I said, Josh, Wayne, we should be in the studio recording this. <laughs> you were always a great executive producer, Tom, but <laughs> you already were. <laughs> well, we went into the studio then and recorded and if you remember, Josh shared about the Russian pastors asking yes. for more copies of evidence and more than a carpenter. Mm -hmm. And on the ninth program ever, we had that program. Huh. And God began to raise money or provide money through radio. And uh, by the time we were done, not only do we meet that need, I think it was something like 13 million of Josh's books got printed in Russia and yeah. all the Operation Care List, which right. were the humanitarian aid trips. Thousands of people got involved, uh, and I don't know, thousands probably went with us to Russia if you count them all up, right? Yes, I, I think it count last my count while I was there, and it's continued to, to add, but uh, somewhere around 6,000 people. <laughs> went with us to the former Soviet Union where they had opportunities right. to share their faith and lead people to Christ. Yeah, and, I, I want to remind listeners, this is uh, during the era of Glasnost when the Soviet Union was wide open to spiritual things suddenly, and there was yes. a great hunger, and uh, God used uh, Josh and so many others at uh, Campus Crusade Now crew to move into that, that vacuum and fill that. It, it was a great privilege, wasn't it? Oh, Wayne, it was. But I want to find out from you what God is doing with you today, because it hasn't stopped. You are still actively involved in ministry. You're still with Crew, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Wayne. God called us to Crew when we graduated from the University of South Dakota. Truthfully, we thought it might be for a couple of years, and then we'd get a real job. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the real job has never materialized. But... Uh, you know, we've been recalling the days with Josh. I was with Josh uh, from 1979 to 2003, as you said, yep. Josh McDowell Ministries, Which the division was a of crew. part of crew, yeah. Mm -hmm. And in 2003, we stepped away from that role, and uh, God called us to leadership development for crew. Uh, our mission statement is developing the next generation of leaders for crew. And we'll learn more from Bob T.D. about what that entails and learn to ask good questions coming up on First Person. This weekly program is produced in cooperation with the Far East Broadcasting Company. Together, we are committed to telling the stories of Christ at work in the nations of the world. FEBC broadcasts the gospel in nearly 50 of those countries, reaching people in over 100 languages, introducing them to God's love and discipling them through God's Word. To learn more about FEBC and its broadcasts, please visit firstpersoninterview.com and click the banner FEBC. That's firstpersoninterview.com.
My very special guest on First Person today is my friend Bob Teedy. Bob is founder and CEO of LeadingWithQuestions.com, and we'll talk about Leading With Questions here over the next few minutes for some 40-plus, almost 45 years, Bob. You've been with Crew, Campus Crusade for Christ, formerly? This last June, it was 44 years. 44 so years. we're working on the 45th now. How about that? How about that? That's a remarkable record of service to Christ, Bob, and... Uh, you're um, you're a great guy. I love talking with you, and I, I want to learn what God is doing. You're not the kind of guy that just rests on all the past things that we've been talking about, you know. Uh, Christ calls us to keep going, and you've been going on some very important things lately, so what's going on? Wayne, um, for the last, well, since 2003, I've been on the leadership development team for CREW, and uh, the mission is developing the next generation of leaders for CREW. And uh, kind of the elevator speech is in 15 to 20 years, almost none of our current leaders will still be leading. Mm-hmm. Now, this is actually true in every organization, mm-hmm. not unique just to crew. Right. The, an, and, a, a generation is passing. Who's right. going to replace them? I get that. Yeah. Yeah. And if we fail today, well, crew doesn't fail tomorrow or next month or even next year, but it may fail 15 to 20 years from now. Mm-hmm. And, and and people say, Wayne, well, isn't God in charge of that? And when the answer is, well, absolutely, and if he wasn't, there'd be no hope. Right. But we have some responsibility. He has tasked us as stewards, and in, and in my case, stewards of the leadership gifting of our staff. And so with, with uh, great prayer and great intentionality, we are taking deliberate steps, intentional steps, to develop the next generation of leaders for crew. All right. What does that and look like? What do you What do you do? In 2005, we launched an emerging leadership development program that we call the Senior Leadership Initiative. So this is very intentional. Very intentional. Approximately 25 emerging leaders for crew go through this program, uh, and it's a two year program. So 2000 2007 was the first group. And uh, this last July, we graduated our fifth group and launched uh, the sixth group. And these emerging leaders are outstanding local leaders already. Uh, Generally, they've already been on our staff somewhere between four to eight years. So they're not new staff, but we're preparing them to lead at a a higher level. And I would say in, in the past, and this is true of a lot of organizations, we kind of took a great local leader and said, hey, I think Wayne's doing a great job. Let's make him the area leader. And we threw him in the deep end of the pool. And if Wayne swam, we patted ourselves on the back and said, good choice. If Wayne drowned, we backed away from the pool and we would say, I guess Wayne didn't have what it took. Yeah, I've seen that happen. And not realizing that it's not Wayne's fault. What have we as an organization done to prepare him? So we are intentionally preparing them. They commit about 20% of their time. They keep their day jobs because they need a laboratory to apply what they're learning. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the things that kind of ties into leading with questions is on the leadership development team, The area that's really a sweet spot for me is recruiting outstanding leaders from outside of crew, many times from business, but other times from education or government or military or medicine. And uh, these men and women 
Come alongside us to commit to coaching one of our emerging leaders every other week via Skype video for two years. I like that because a lot of organizations can become ingrown, can't they, with just self-generated leadership programs that you really don't get outside your own experience and learn from, from some others who have got lots of things to teach. Yeah, well, absolutely. Fresh eyes, fresh yeah. ears. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and I remember back when we were discussing, should we use senior staff or outside leaders in, in the spring of 2005 before we launched the first group? And we determined, and not that it took a lot of thought, that outside leaders would have incredible benefit. But we had a big question mark. And the question mark is, but these are busy people if you're going after presidents and CEOs mm-hmm. and VPs. Would they say yes to this opportunity? And and we quickly said, you know, we'll never find out at this conference table. We need to get on the phone and start inviting some of these men and women. And to our incredible amazement, our yes rate was about 50%. Why? I, I didn't know at that time why, but now I know why. And that is... When leaders look for opportunities that would actually leverage their strengths, leverage all the leadership development that God has allowed them to experience, when there's an opportunity for them to come alongside a young emerging leader, especially, I think, in the kingdom, it's it's an offer they can't refuse. Yeah. Bob, uh, before we run out of time, I do want to tie in uh, leading with questions because this is a key aspect of, of what you do in coaching those young emerging leaders. You have a website called leadingwithquestions.com, but you also have a book called Great Leaders Ask Questions. Uh, you say leadership is not as much about knowing the right answers as it is about knowing the right questions. Wayne, you and I know one well enough. We know each other well enough that you know there's always a story. <laughs> and, <laughs> you're you're two, the story master, Bob. Go ahead. <laughs> in 2006, I was browsing at a Borders bookstore. My wife goes all over the bookstore. I just go to the leadership section. And there I found a book by Dr. Michael Marquart called Leading with Questions. Mm-hmm. And uh, I pulled it off the shelf by... Uh, you know, flipped through it, and I immediately said, this is a keeper. Well, I can see your copy on Skype right now. You've got, what, a couple of hundred post-it notes in this book? (laughs) Yeah, and pages underlined. Well, I began to teach out of this book, began to do PowerPoints. They were so well-received. And, Wayne, this book actually changed my leadership from telling to asking. Uh And listening, I would imagine, right? If you're going to ask and not listen, then, <laughs> then there's no point in asking. <laughs> so um, at any rate, that was a skill we began to bring. And we now, in training our coaches, to launch every one of these coaching relationships, we bring all our coaches in, all our participants, and we train them side by side in a coaching methodology that really is leading with questions. Mm -hmm. And uh, another story kind of behind why I launched my blog uh, and got into social media, Wayne, uh, I am now 66 and uh, feel like 30, (laughs) but I'm, I'm 66, have no thoughts of retirement. God's given me great health. But my target audience are 20 and 30-somethings, and uh, they speak English, and so a 60-year-old guy could make the mistake of thinking, well, we have a common language, we're good. But Wayne, they also speak social media, 
And so uh, three and a half years ago, I made a decision to get into social media as a way, not with the goal that I'd become you know, the most fluent social media person, but to become conversational mm -hmm. so that uh, I wouldn't be written off by the 20 and 30-somethings as irrelevant. <laughs> and when I began to think about what could I blog on, immediately I thought of this niche, and that niche is leading with questions. And uh, my beginning target audience was sim simply the emerging leaders within crew and all our coaches. And uh, the result today, though, is just beyond my imagination. Uh, leaders from some 170 countries now follow my blog. And it's actually become a source of new coaches for us. Uh, and, and my goal is really just to serve our, our listeners. And, and Wayne, something that I can share on your program is that um, I really am wanting to provide quality leadership resources for every leader. But about once a quarter, I use the platform to uh, give testimony to my faith. Mm -hmm. my, my Easter uh, blog post, my Easter blog post was three questions that changed my life. And those three questions, which circle represents your life? Which circle would you like to have represent your life? Does this prayer express the desire of your heart? And my prayer is that the great quality leadership stuff we're sharing will provide credibility, but will also then allow me to have a listening ear uh, when that once a quarter opportunity comes to share my faith through my blog. Well, Bob, God has given you a big heart to share Christ. He's given you a great experience, ministry experience, business experience, and now leadingwithquestions.com and Great Leaders Ask Questions. Uh, it's amazing. I'm, I'm really looking forward to see how God's going to use you. You must be one very grateful man. Oh, my goodness, Wayne. Uh, abs absolutely. You know, none of us realized on the day we trusted Christ what the future would hold. And uh, it has been beyond my imagination. Sometimes I'm asked, you know, Bob, you were with Josh McDowell 24 years. Now you've been with leadership development for 12 years. Uh, which of those do you like the most? Or, you know, which has been the better? And I've always said, you know, that's really an unfair question. That's kind of like asking which of my four children do I love the most? <laughs> the fact is God orchestrates the chapters of our lives and puts them in perfect order. If I hadn't worked side by side with Josh McDowell 24 years and all the things I learned there, I wouldn't have been ready for this chapter. And I love those 24 years there, and I love what I'm doing now. Our guest, Bob Teedy, has a blog called Leading with Questions, and we'll put a link to that site at firstpersoninterview.com. Online, you can download a free ebook copy of Great Leaders Ask Questions. Again, go to firstpersoninterview.com and click on the provided link. And please take an extra moment online to say thank you to the Far East Broadcasting Company for all they do to proclaim the gospel in nearly 50 countries of the world. FEBC is a partner with us here on First Person, and I urge you to pray for this great ministry, which means so much to me and countless millions of others. Click on the FEBC banner at firstpersoninterview.com. To leave a comment about today's program, visit us on Facebook at facebook.com slash firstpersoninterview. That's facebook.com slash firstpersoninterview. 
And if you use a smartphone or tablet computer, be sure to download our free first-person app available on both the Apple and Android platforms. Now, with thanks to my friend and producer, Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepard, inviting you back for First Person. First Person.